It's the Hell Fucking Yeah podcast. Hello, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Or afternoon, I should say. Yeah. Well, morning by you, afternoon by me. Fair, fair enough. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank uh, you. I've been watching Home Improvement. I grew up watching Home Improvement. Uh, easily one of the best, greatest sitcoms in my eyes. And your character, Al Borland, one of the most <laughs> iconic characters to ever grace television. I'm a huge fan, and I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this, number one. All right. Uh, before we get started, just give me one second, because I'm not fully ready yet. Um, okay. All right. And now I'm ready. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you know, I, I should have worn black. Oh. You know, I was so like twisted up because I, I had it in my arms. Now I'm more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to get to the, the flannel. All right. So uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Grew up in Seattle, Washington. And uh, what made you want to be an Hence, actor? Uh, the W. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I like your background, by the way. I love I love the room. Oh, thank you. This is my little corner. This is my uh, Richard Karn corner. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I grew up in Seattle uh, and actually had a chance to go to uh, theater school in New York, NYU, but my parents couldn't afford it. It was like $5,000 a year. And right. they, they were like looking at me like I uh, was from, from the moon. And, and I ended up going to the University of Washington mm -hmm. uh, for $78 a quarter. And it turned out to be a much, much better fit. Wow. $78 a quarter, man. I wish, <laughs> I bet a lot yeah. of people wish it was still like that. Yeah. Um, so what made you want to become an actor? And did you take, did you take courses? I, you know, I started doing theater in like junior high school. Um, okay. I kind of not thinking about it. And then in high school, I, uh, you know, I did some plays and some musicals. I, you know, I, I loved high school. I, I, I got to play football. I got to run track. I got to do theater. I did, I did all sorts of stuff. Had a great time. And then um, when I went to the University of Washington, I did two years undergrad, and then I auditioned for the uh, for the graduate program, the BFA, MFA program, and got accepted into that. And three years of, of school there, and then moved to New York. Okay, now you moved to New York. Now, did you have your first acting gig in New York? Well, not my first. I mean, my okay. first acting gig was kind of like in high school. I did summer summer stock at the Bathhouse Theater. So okay, I actually got paid, but my first gig uh in new york was a michelob beer commercial yes yes now that was 1979 if i'm not mistaken 79 and it showed the uh, 1980 super bowl well okay wow so yeah during the super bowl and now and then you did it again many years later um during home improvement time <laughs> for michelob right 1995 right I'm not Michelob. I think it was like Miller Lite or something. Oh, it's a different beer. Okay. It was a different beer. And yeah. I was, of course, I was Al and I built the outdoor, yes. um, you know, uh, what, what was it called? Refreshment center or something like that. There was an out, outdoor yeah. beer tap. I actually found both of the clips. Um, oh no, really? If you, you want, you want to check them out? You want to go down memory lane? All right. Let's, let me share the screen here. Okay. Here we go. fantastic it's it's fantastic oh my God. 
I, I wish they still made commercials like that. Um, I, well, you know, uh, <laughs> you had you had this wonderful song. You had the voice of yeah. Charlie. Yes. I mean, Charlie's angel voice doing yep. the voiceover. It was brilliant. It was. It was brilliant. Um, when's the last time you saw that? <laughs> uh, I, a long time ago. I, yeah. I still remember, you know, that first part where we're walking down the street, real quick cut. Yep. We were outside on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, outside of um, uh, kind of close to Dorian's Red Hand where we huh. did the inside shot uh, and Dorian's red hand was the infamous beer or uh, pub where the, um, the preppy murder uh, happened. You know? Oh, wow. We, we, yeah. Yeah. So that was all going on then. But I, wow. I remember that first line, you know, this time it's for, Oh God, I, I still can't remember. Was it this time it's for sure. Or this time it's for real. This time it's for real. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kept saying this time it's for sure. And, you know, they come up and go, oh, the line is this time it's for, for real. And I go, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You know, and like four or five takes, I was like petrified how, how uh, <laughs> difficult that that had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's got to be hard to memorize lines in general. No, it's not. I but, just, you no, know, I, yeah. I kept thinking, you know, uh, <laughs> this time it's for sure. This time it's for real. Didn't make a big difference to me, but you know, they wanted it very specific. And, and right. finally I got, I, you know, we got that line. Right. <laughs> it was great. And then, like I said, 1995, now um, we got uh, Miller, I believe. Here we go. Well, this is it. Ooh, what a dump. Don't worry. We know a good handyman. <laughs> what a dump. Can you help? Sure. Some primer, a couple of wing nuts. How's that? That'll work. Hey! Can you miter cut those floorboards? Will do. Good news. The external beer tap is functional. Yes! When you've got the great taste of an ice cold Miller Lite, <laughs> life is good. I could have done this. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Let's come back to the regular screen here. Wow. Wow. There, there you go. That's yeah. uh, a little bit uh, bigger of a budget on that one, on the second one. There. Boy, what a difference, you know, <laughs> yeah. in that in that first commercial, I was the talent. Right. You know, I was I was just I never met anybody from Michelob or anything. I think I, the only person I talked to was the director. And then after Home Improvement, all of a sudden I'm talking to these people and I don't really know who I'm talking to. Right. All of a sudden it's the clients and the ad agency. And they're asking me if I you know, if, if uh, the script is OK, you know, this uh, like that. And it was a whole different experience. Sure. So how did you get cast for the role of Al Borland? Oh gosh, <laughs> you, know, you got, do, do we have enough time? I, we I mean, have it, all the time you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, the great thing about this role was I was able to walk it back years. I walked it back to doing summer theater in Holland, Michigan, where I, uh, I did a play called Strider with, um, with the director, David. Oh gosh. <laughs> He's like, uh, okay we'll just leave it to david it's for called right strider uh, it, it was called strider and and we kind of butted heads because he had directed it at uh, at his at the school he was teaching evansville and he i can i think he kind of wanted me to do the same thing and i was like no i i see it going this way and like that and we butted heads until until the show opened and then you know what i was doing and what he uh, also helped doing all was working you know maybe even better than than before so we we became friends and then five or six years later he calls me up to do this this kind of um playwrights convention in new harmony indiana which uh was which was put together by the three guys who created roseanne 
Matt Williams, okay. David Fadzian, Carmen Finestra. And I met those guys there and, and we became friends. And then a couple of years later, I end up in LA and I hear that they're doing uh, a new show. Um, and I call them up and they go, well, you know, because we know you, we, we realize that you're not really right for anything in the show. You're too much like Tim. You know, you and Tim are just are too similar in our, in our heads. And we needed somebody a little older, a little taller to play that role. And, and but um, come on in anyways, meet Deborah Brilsky and uh, uh, maybe there'll be a guest star down the right. line or whatever. And so I go in, I, I actually, I, you know, I worked on, on the audition really hard. Um, and, and it was, it was an audition where the character's name was Glenn and his assistant Glenn was working on a lathe. And so I added the lathe sound, you know, I'm doing, you know, now when you're working on a lathe, you're, you know, what you want, you know, and they're laughing and I'm going, oh, this is going great. And then the director, uh, John Pasquin, who I had been a reader for 10 years earlier in New York, you know, when he was yeah. directing or he was casting the basketball diaries at center stage. Um, I, so I knew him. I knew everybody in the room except the casting director. He goes, hey, can you make the lathe sound like a, a question? And I go, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. You know, so I'm going, so when you're working with, when you work with the lathe, you, you know, that, and they just, you know, they fell out. And, I, and I, I had no idea what that meant until years, you know, a little later, I, I hear Tim you know, grunting, uh, uh, and then he had yeah. the, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the grunt question. And I went, oh, that's why they were laughing. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so is, did that come from that? Um, no. Did the grunts come? No, okay. No, no. Tim had that <laughs> grunt in his stand. Okay. I mean, years. Right. Years. They were just, you know, playing with me because gotcha. I, you know, I wasn't really auditioning <laughs> for, the, for the role. I was coming in kind of as a favor to the the producers. But, uh, sure. you know, then they called me and said, Stephen Topolowski got a movie. Mm -hmm. And I can't really say uh, if I know which one specifically. I think it was um, The Invisible Man with Chevy Chase, but I'm not okay. sure. And he, he, he can't do the pilot. And we would love you to just come in to do the pilot. So I, that's what I did. I came in just to do the pilot. And, wow. you know, that whole week we're, we're, we're working on the show. And, and um, you know, the original mother was replaced. Frances Fisher was going to be Tim's wife. That's why all the kids are blonde. Okay. And um, after three days of rehearsal, we had an audience, you know, come in and we did, we did it for them. And there was, it, it went great, you know, in my mind as a young actor. And then the next day she's gone. And, and I go, well, I, I went to Carmen, I go, Carmen, because that freaked me out. The fact that we're so easily disposable was, was kind of a new concept to me. Sure. Go, what, what, you know, I thought it went really well, you know, there, the laugh wasn't quite right. It wasn't, it wasn't the kind of laugh that, that, uh, you know, she, she, it felt to us like she was a victim to Tim. The audience was laughing like, Oh God, poor guy. <laughs> you know, she's, uh, you know, that, that, um, that he's a victim. And so when they brought Pat in, um, and we did it in front of an audience a few days later, it was like a whole different scene, it was right. a whole different thing. And, and, and that's when I realized, you know, just how important, um, that kind of stuff is. And, you know, the stuff with Tim and I was, was fine, but they, they wrote down the role a little bit, you know, took maybe some of the stuff he would have done out because I wasn't going to be there for mm -hmm. my very much longer. And, and, uh, oddly enough, he got another movie said, I can't do the first couple of episodes. So they brought me in to do the first couple of episodes and then boom, Wow. 
the rest I, is history. Uh, I nailed the, you know, I nailed <laughs> the addition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy thinking back on it now, watching the show. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while because I don't, I haven't seen it in syndication in a little bit. Um, but I could not picture anybody else as the roles. It, you know it, what I mean? It's just, it? Yeah. it is very strange to, to think of It would have been a whole different, a whole different yeah. feeling, a whole different vibe, but who's to say it wouldn't be just as, as interesting, just as good, just in a different way. I sure. really, you don't know. Did you have any idea what the show was going to be after like filming a few episodes? Did you think I it was going to be as big? Was, I knew that it was really good, but I don't think I understood the concept of what that meant. Right. I, you know, I watched shows. I watched MASH, you know, for 11 years. And, and th that seems so out of my purview of, of, you know, what I was thinking I was going to be doing. I was really in a theater head space where I was going to do theater, Broadway or what, whatever. And and you don't do the same play for eight years, you know, maybe unless you're in Cats. But, sure. uh, you know, you move on and you do different things. And and so I knew the show was good. I knew the show was funny. And I, and after the pilot premiered, I knew the ad agencies just loved um uh, you know the, the the makeup we i mean we we premiered at number nine um and we never we never fell out of the top 10 right and so when people started coming up to me that you know that's kind of when it, it, it hit me it's like wow this this really reaches a lot of people and i you know not just here but also in europe i you know we took a trip to to england and and, and people were coming up and, and i went wow this is, uh, and, and at first you don't feel worthy necessarily because I was just doing my job. You know, I was just right. being that character, that actor, which, you know, doesn't, it's, you know, I'm not solving world problems. Right. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, th that was a lot of, of uh, stuff to handle. And, and at first, I, you know, I go, no, I, but I looked like that guy. And then, and then after a while I realized, you know, it's not, it's not about me. It's about them you know, uh, seeing somebody that has been in their living room for a while. Sure. And I, I just kind of relaxed and went, yeah, you know, uh, you know, let's take a picture. Come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you come to a point where you have to make a decision whether it's going to bother you and you'll be upset all the time or you just accept it and move on. Sure. Absolutely. Now, your character had such great comedic timing. Um, when you <laughs> when you when you studied acting, was comedy an area of focus? Or was it like a natural comedy characteristic? Was, comedy was pretty much, you know, most of the, the shows that I did. I didn't do a lot of drama. I, um, and until, until later, until after um, Home Improvement. But, but the timing with Tim was, I, you know, I knew what I liked from, a, a, um, you know, somebody setting me up you know, in theater, you know? And so I just gave him, I gave him the space and I gave him, you know, the, the, the timing and everything that just kind of came out of supporting him. I was just, I was there to do a job and my friends who, who allowed me to be in the pilot in the first couple of episodes, I was just, I wasn't trying to do more than what was written there or trying to, you know, um, steal the scene or whatever. But there came a point in about the third or fourth episode where, where Tim turns to, to me and goes, hey, Al, you think uh, they call it molding because it's been in the refrigerator too long? <laughs> you know, the audience laughs, and I just let them have that laugh. I, right. I wasn't going to step on the laugh, I, you know, and I just looked at him. Right. I just looked at him, and I was about to say my next line, and then there was another laugh of me just looking at Tim. Yep. And now keep in mind, this was before the show had, had um, aired. So the audience 
in that room wasn't aware of these characters or their relationship. They were laughing at, you know, kind of an iconic situation between these two, you know, these two kind of characters where the one guy just is, you know, frustrated with his boss. And I just sure. looked at him and then I went, I don't think so, Tim. Right. And that got another <laughs> laugh. And I, I think that that was the point when the, when the writers go, you know what, you know, Stephen is great. We, we, we would have loved to have him, but this is working. And now we know how to write it. We, we know who these characters are. Right. It doesn't matter if I'm older or I'm taller or I'm too much like Tim on, on tape. We, we went in opposite directions. You know, he yeah. went a little taller. I went a little wider. Yeah. It was such a natural chemistry that, that was so great about it. You know, um, how much of yourself would you say is Al Borland? Like, would you say there's parts of your personality that influenced the development of the character? I, you know, there's probably is. And there's some of my dad, you know, my dad was, yeah. um, you know, so I knew who those guys were. I, I knew that quiet competence of, of somebody that, that loves what they're doing, knows what they're doing and has to deal with people that, uh, that are showboating, you know, which yeah. is Tim. Um, so there was a little of me, a little of my comic timing. I wish I hadn't made him so goofy, you know, when he's around women. And that was just me, you know, uh, playing into the comic, the comedy of, uh, and not realizing how, when you do something, it stays, you know, if you do something and you get a good laugh, that's, that's it, you know, for the next eight years, that's where you are. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked. It worked. I, I mean, it still the, holds up. The pilot episode, uh, you know, we rehearsed, like I said, for 10 days or whatever without an audience right. necessarily. And and the first time with the studio audience and the lights and the cameras and everything, when I walk out for the first time and Tim introduces me, this is my assistant, Al, I walk out there and I felt like, well, you know, this is, this is, I should do something, you know? And so I just kind of like went like that, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, you know, acknowledging that I've been introduced and like the next week uh, it's in the, it's in the script. You right. know, I, I, I go, well, Al walks out and does his salute. And I, I had to ask the director, I go, well, what's my salute? She says, well, you did the salute in the pilot. I go, I, what? She says, well, you did this. And I go, Oh, that's my salute. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, and that became a salute. That became a thing. Yeah. 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 You know, and I know they wrote it into the show, uh, the tool time salute. My, that's amazing. Salute. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that was what I loved about the show so much. It had such a formula to it. You know, you had your, uh, his conversations with the neighbor over the fence and yeah. uh, tool time was my favorite segment, um, especially Heidi, you know, um, <laughs> well, yeah. it, was, it was considered, you know, it's funny because it was considered a fairly wholesome show. It was a family friendly very much so yeah but but i don't think i don't think a character like heidi would work today uh, on a show well because things thing have changed is, so much the thing is remember our first tool time girl was uh, was pam anderson mm, yes and when pam went on to do baywatch they were looking for the next uh tool time girl and debbie had been in the first season she was um this character that came up to tim in a restaurant and asked him for his autograph kiki and, you know, the, the whole crux of that thing was that Tim wasn't going to look at other women or uh, like that. And she comes in while, while his wife's in the bathroom and says, uh, you know, I, I really love the show. Can you give me an autograph? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, quick, quick, quick. What's your name? <laughs> Kiki. Oh, good. Yeah, Kiki. Uh, Von Hurstenweiler, you know, yeah. the last name is like huge. And, and uh, Debbie was in that, that scene. And when they were looking for the next Tool Time Girl, uh, they had a really hard time. They, they kept, 
it went on for weeks. And I and I went to Tim and I go, well, Tim, what's what's the matter? I said, well, you know, I, I don't, I, it's not right. I, I, you know, I want somebody who can be a, a calendar, you know, a tool time calendar girl. And so mm. I, you know, go to I go to the writers. I go, so what's going on? He says, well, we we uh, you know we had Pam and, and Pam was wonderful, but we want you know somebody a girl next door, a wholesome girl next door. And I, and and I said to him, I go, well, you know, you know that Tim wants a calendar girl. And they go, what? Well, he wants somebody that, you know, would be a, a tool time calendar. Uh, and, he, and they're going, oh, and I said, well, what about Debbie? He said, well, we already brought her in. I said, yeah, but now, you know, you guys might maybe you're on the same page. So I, I, I was I feel like I was a little <laughs> instrumental in, you know, getting that next step. Uh, right. Solidified. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I'm a big fan of like Last Man Standing, uh, which you made some uh, some guest appearances on. Um, I only got two. I got two. I, got two. I, needed <laughs> I, I needed I needed my Phoenix moment because the last time you see me, I'm drunk. I've lost my yeah, you know, I, I'm in jail or whatever. And I needed that third episode where I, you know, rise from the ashes. Yeah. Um, now I don't get far into politics here at all. I stay far away as possible. I like to have fun. Oh yeah. Uh, now, it's and hard this, to do these days. It is, it is. The the show wrapped up this year, uh, but there was a point where it was canceled. And based on Tim's political views represented on the show. I don't think that was the point. I don't, I don't think that's why it was canceled. Okay. No, I, th I think that um, the cost of the show was getting too much mm. and it wasn't, it wasn't papering out. You know, it usually, it always comes down to bottom line. Right. Bottom line. And, um, you know, when all of a sudden Disney buys Fox, then they, they found, um, they found a way to reformat it for a little less. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that actually, because when I heard that, I was like, I'm, I'm a fan of the show and he's very fair. You know, there's characters on yeah. the show that represent the other side yeah. of, of his views. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, that's what I, we need. I think that's what we need in American culture I, and television. I, you know, it, it wasn't about that. Right. You know, right. it, it, and uh, to, to be frank, the, uh, um, the TV audience needs, those opposing point of views to work out some really, you know, stupid arguments, things that shouldn't even be an argument anymore. Right. You know, right. they've, they've weaponized politics. Yes, absolutely. Now you and Tim have been worked together for many years. I assume your guys are great friends. Um, and you, you have a show together, a reality competition show called assembly required. It's on the history channel. Uh -huh. um, I've been watching it. I, I just, what do you think? I, I, I love it. I, I really do love it. Uh, I'm not like a, a really big handy guy, but those are the kind of, those are the kind of tools that I need. <laughs> that, um, that leaf you love blower. That, that flamethrower. Uh, exactly. Uh, uh, snow blower kind yep. of thing. You took the words right out of my mouth. The leaf blower yeah. ice, ice melter is my, yes. dr my dream tool. Oh. Ah. And uh, the show is great. Uh, I really love it. I'm halfway through the first season. Um, Okay. Now you're filming the second season now, right? We are about to actually, about to. Um, we're going to start in a couple of weeks. Nice. And the format has been changed. Okay. It's now long, no longer competition. It's, uh, oh, wow. it'll be, it'll be Tim and I in April. They're, they're going to uh, bring in April in a much larger capacity. And we will, we will do a deep dive into, yeah, you know, an, an individual tool, uh, section. You know, okay. because uh, maybe the first episode will be about blades. 
and blades can be anywhere from you know medical uh, precision blades to uh, um, uh, windmills and and chainsaws and axes. Uh, we'll take blades all the way across, uh, yeah, you know, oh, wow. the, the line, and then bring somebody in that has a project, and and we'll talk about the project and like that. But it won't be a competition. Okay, that sounds really interesting, though. So I'm looking forward I to think that. It's gonna, I think it's going to be really. But I loved the competition time. But yeah. but I will say that halfway through. It, it, it occurred to me that, you know, uh, asking somebody to do something in 90 minutes where they have to speed up their process can be dangerous. They can hurt themselves, you know, hence you know, some fire that, <laughs> that happened and some cuts and bruises and things like that. But, yeah. but now, uh, but now we're going to, we're going to take it to a, a different level. And now because uh, COVID has changed a little bit of the, of the we're going to be able to bring people into the studio as opposed to last year when we did, we went, we went, everybody, stayed in their own sandbox and and built their own stuff in their own space right well, that's really cool so that makes me think of like the cooking shows where you know they have 90 minutes to make a cake and uh they always cut right. their fingers and all this stuff and now you're dealing with serious power tools i mean a knife is a knife but a, serious leaf, power a leaf blower ice melter is yeah. <laughs> a little more dangerous i mean we we had a nasa, <laughs> a NASA scientist rocket scientist who couldn't finish in 90 minutes because you know everything had to be too perfect Wow. And, and for a NASA rocket scientist, everything has to be perfect. Sure. But in this venue, he, he, he just couldn't cut the corners to fi finish in 90 minutes. <laughs> wow. That's unreal. Um, now, you wrote some books. Um, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, two books, Housebroken and Handy at Home. I know they have longer titles. Um, but well, Housebroken, the second part of that title is key. Mm how I remodeled my home for just under three times the original bid. Okay. So that's, key. that's, so that's a, that's a money saver. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a money saver. I, I spent extra money because I wanted to get certain things. Oh, three times the, okay. three times the original bid. Yeah. I gotcha. So now would a book like that be good for someone like me, a newbie who doesn't, I just, just started owning a home a few years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All I right. mean, we, we, we go into a lot. I mean, we even go into stuff like um, remodeling stress syndrome. Really? Which happens with, with people that, you know, that have been together for a long time and they realize that their view of their nest, that they're feathering, their art um, is a little different. You know, why would you want that wall yellow? I, you know, yellow just, <laughs> you know. So all of these, you know, big, you know, submerged emotions kind of come out when you're remodeling your, your house. And it could sure. be as, as small as choosing a tile. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we address that, uh, which I think people should be aware of. That uh, is, you know, it, that it is very help. true. That it is very help. true. Yeah. Yeah. I have a different method. I just say, sure, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, because you know, it, it could boil up. And every time you walk yeah. past whatever it is, you said, sure to you look down, you go, ah, yeah, God, I wish we had done that different molding. <laughs> you know, that yeah. molding isn't right. Definitely, you know? definitely. Um, and those books are available Amazon. Uh, are they available digitally as well? I I think so. I don't yeah. I don't know. That was a long time ago. The other one yeah. was was just kind of a. Well, actually, here's my book. Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens to be right behind me. That was a uh, late nineties. Uh, yeah. It, well, yeah. it was. It was because we remodeled our home. Okay. We, we bought a home and we did everything. And 
really, you, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is, is that we got this bid on the house and then we just snowballed. Uh, and I think it was, it was the fact that, that I wanted to redo the windows. Okay. You know, there, there were a lot of different, Hey, <laughs> Stay. Stay. <laughs> uh, you know, there were, there were like four or five different types of windows uh, throughout the house. There were metal windows, wood windows, plastic, you know, and, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of uh, make this house look all one, one design, one style. And, you know, when my dad came down from Seattle, he looked at me and he goes, so um, you're going to do all the windows. Yeah. And there's a lot of windows in this house. (laughs) He goes, well, do they, do they leak? And I go, no, they don't leak. But so why are you doing the windows? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. If it ain't broke, you know, and that's my yeah. dad. He's very pragmatic. You know, it's like, well, and I, you know, and I'm like, well, I, I, I want to, ch- yeah, you know, but once you take out the windows, all of a sudden the, the molding or not the molding, but the stucco on the outside, you, you pretty much have to redo the stucco because the guy comes up to me and goes, you know, it's going to look like patchwork if we don't redo the stucco. So the windows come out, all of a sudden the, the stucco comes off. Now we're looking at, um, you know, instead of putting fake tile on the roof, we could put real tile on the roof because now <laughs> because because the stucco has gone, we can shore up the roof, make it stronger. There's some there's some ceilings, you know, that we can make two or three feet higher than they oh, wow. were. And uh, we did every, we did everything. And I walked through this house and I love what we did. But yeah, I was I was in a, in a fortunate situation where I had, you know, home improvement and I and I had. Uh, you know, money that I could do that with. Sure, sure. You know, now, not, not everybody has to. A lot of people have to adhere to their budget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a big thing. That's a very important thing to understand. Right. And it is. It's a domino effect. You know, I've been in this house for four years. And yeah, you do one thing and you change 15 things. You know, it, <laughs> it's so true. It really is. It is. Um, have you and Tim ever worked together on a, on a house, like off camera, like just just buds? helping each other no. out no okay but tim, tim fan dream fan dream <laughs> tim was also remodeling his house at the okay. same time uh from the 94 quake which you know he had floor to see ceiling uh windows that all shattered and stuff like that and he remodeled and he would come into rehearsal or whatever and he'd had he has these stories and they're just mundane stuff but he goes you know <sighs> the outdoor lights are shorting out I go, what do you mean they're at the outdoor lights are shorting? Out? Yeah, well, they're shorting out and they're, they're not working and they're very expensive. Right. You know, they're European outdoor lights. And I go, well, what's the matter? Well, oh, you know, I, I say to the guys, he said, well, these are shorting out. I said, yeah, huh? They're getting wet. And I go, yeah, they're getting wet. Well, they're outdoor lights. Said, yeah, well, we didn't think they'd get wet. So, well, you yeah. put them next to sprinklers. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't think they'd get, yeah, you know, and he would just take, you know, just mundane stuff and make it funny. I mean, he would just run it out. Right to yeah, you know this stuff, and it made me come back and look at my remodeling process and see the humor of you know somebody as simple as tile. You know the guy's doing the tile in my kitchen, and I've got this beautiful tile I found with grapes. Uh, um, you know, just sure. it was just going to be one tile going around, not all the tile, but he had the grapes going up instead of falling down off the vine. And I go, well, the grapes are um, are are falling up. I think they should be falling down. And he's already done like you know, three or four feet of, of the tile. And I go, I, I really want them falling. And I said, well, look, they're going to go in a square pretty soon and, and they'll be, you know, upside down. I go, yeah, okay. I don't mind that. Uh, but I want 
most of them to be, you know, <laughs> and that's, yeah. all, you know, all stuff that just, uh, you know, if, if you're not around <laughs> and you come in and you go, oh, huh, that happened. Yeah. yeah. So. Very true. Very true. Uh, I've been through it a, uh, a lot over the past couple of years being a new homeowner. I know exactly what you're talking about. There, there um, you go. So now, besides Assembly Required, which if people haven't seen it, it's on the History Channel. Um, I'm sure on demand or you can rent it or buy it from Amazon, one of those one of those services. I think it's on Hulu also. Um, oh, it's on Hulu. OK. And, and also it was on an airplane. You know, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> I was flying somewhere and, and it was a choice. On right. my airline, you know, <laughs> I go, wow, huh? Yeah, yeah, because I had to find it. I had, so I had, I rented it because I don't have. We have TV, but you know, it's streaming. It's not like cable, so we don't have history. Yeah, yeah. TV um, has um, has really kind of fractured uh, all over the place. There's, there's <laughs> yes. a lot of different ways you can find stuff, but you can't find everything. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, you're also on the Emmy Emmy nominated series Pen Fifteen, right? Um, I actually Which is have also on Hulu. It's it's on Hulu. I haven't seen this one yet. Uh, my wife's seen it. She likes it a lot. Um, you have five credited episodes. Are you still filming? Are you going to well, be in more episodes? We were right in the middle. Uh, I mean, dead in the middle of filming the third and fourth season or second and third season. And we uh, we did a scene and we cut for lunch and we were going to come back and do the rest of the scene because it's film and you do different angles or whatever you know as opposed to a sitcom home improvement where we had seven cameras and we did everything at once. Sure. Uh, we cut for lunch. And then during lunch, they came to us and said, um, we're going to shut down. And I go, Oh, um, uh, yeah, well, uh, Paramount, our, our network is, is shutting down. So we're, we're going to shut down. And so we went away for a year and a half or whatever. And then just this last fall came back and did the second, third, uh, episodes or second, third seasons. And wow. Uh, it was eminent, it was nominated for an Emmy this year. It's a yes. really smart, funny show. The, the yeah. two women that put this together, Anna and Maya, um, met at NYU and wow. got together, pitched this show, put it together, and uh, they are playing themselves as seventh graders. You know, they're okay. both in their thirties, <laughs> but they're playing seventh graders. Not ironically, they're they're doing it. You know, trying to make it look real, real, and they they do. Look, I mean, you can tell they're a little older, but all the kids around them are are that age and they do a funny show and it's about seventh grade. And I, you know, some parents will be fine watching it with their seventh grader, but yeah, you know, you might want to watch it first and see if you're comfortable, you know, because sure. they, they sure. go into a lot of stuff. Hence the title pen 15, which, yes. you know, if you're in seventh grade, you know that that spells penis. Yes. <laughs> on a calculator right we used to write boobs it was eight zero zero eight five exactly exactly that, that's the things i remember from school um, <laughs> uh so you also hosted family feud for four uh, years four years um, one of my favorite game shows um all the hosts are great steve harvey's great but honestly and i'm not just saying this because you're here you're my favorite family feud host Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, that. You, I really, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. And, and I said no at the beginning. I, really? you know, when they came to me about hosting a game show, I went, I don't think I, I you know, cause I, I didn't think that's where my career trajectory should, should go. Um, you know, and then my, my agents finally, you know, convinced me to go, you know, you've done TV, family friend, friendly TV, family friendly movies. This is just family friendly, you know, it's another 
thing and, and you'd be good at it. And, and I went, okay, all right, I'm in, I'm all in. Right. And, and I did four seasons, which bummed me out because I was, a, I, I had five, five season contract. And at the end of the fourth season, they asked if I would not take my bonus into the fifth year. And I went, well, didn't we bring the, the, the ratings up? Didn't we do everything that you guys want in a show? And, I, and they went, yeah. And I went, well, let's, let's, you know, revisit this next year. Right. And, and then they brought in John O'Hurley. Okay. And, and that's when I realized they did that to, um, uh, um, uh, the guy that, that I replaced, um, uh, Louis Anderson. Louis, yeah. Yeah. And then me, and then, and then they did that to, uh, John <laughs> O'Hurley after four years. And then, so when I saw Steve at a, at an event, I went, Hey, you know, this is what they do kind of, uh, you know, so yeah. you should just, you know, here's a heads up and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've got, I've got lots of sticks in the fire. This and that. And then I see him like a year later and he goes, you know, I, I apologize. <laughs> I, uh, thank you for that heads up because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about that stuff. You know, they're, yeah. they're just, everybody's in it for their own contract or, or their own, you know, world. But, uh, he's now he's been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. Or, so, so yeah, and, I, I don't know how many years, but he's, he, right. he beat the four year rap. Right. And you know, that's, I'm glad you brought something like that up because it's true. It's, uh, if they get, they can get away with something once they're going to try it again and again and again, and it becomes yeah. a thing, you know? Well, uh, you know, in my <laughs> mind, I thought, you, you know, you had the same, you had Alex Trebek for, for a million yeah. years. You had, um, all of the game show hosts lasted a long time. I thought that there was, there was, you know, something to that, but, um, Fremantle just felt, uh, they're replaceable. doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's messed up. <laughs> um, do you have any memorable questions and answers like crazy ones? Cause family feuds known for that. Do you have any memorable <laughs> ones that really stick out to you? Oh my God. Well, you know, because <laughs> it happens in real time. You don't, I couldn't stop to remember funny stuff while, while we were doing it. You know, I knew at the end of the show, something funny happened. Can, can you go back and remind me what that was? <laughs> you know um, uh, because uh, I didn't stop that often. I mean, there was, some really funny stuff like uh you know in what month does a woman start showing pregnancy and the woman goes um uh, oh, october <laughs> right <laughs> you know, like the number it's supposed to be the number right as opposed to the fourth <laughs> month or the fifth month or whatever yeah. you know and, and famous rudolphs obviously you know there's yeah. rudolph the red-nosed reindeer there's rudolph nariev and this guy goes, um, Hitler, <laughs> Rudolf Hitler, <laughs> Rudolf Hitler. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. Like um, in the moment, those things in the moment. Yeah. You... But, but there was a really funny thing. Like a, a few years after I did, um, family feud, I got cast in a play called game show. And we, uh, there was a real game show where we brought audience up and then there was a, a there was a play that happened during um, uh, commercials. You know who's sleeping with who, who wants whose job. Uh, you know that kind of. A, so there was a play, but there was an actual game show, trivia game show, where we brought audience up and they could win prizes like that. And I played it really, you know, uh, pretty much like a, a real game show. I, I thought that's how I should do it for the first m few weeks of of the show. And then one day. Uh, one of the questions came up and the question was, you know, on the Greek Isle of Lesbos, what are the people called? You know, and the joke is, you know, lesbians, 
which, right. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a play on words, funny. And, and while people are writing their answers down, I would always walk down to the audience and just, you know, kind of talk about whatever. And I, you know, so I walk down, I go, yeah, you know, Greek Isles, how many Greek Isles are there? I, I don't think I knew about Lesbos, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then the next question comes up and goes, you're running around hitting a shuttlecock. What game are you playing? And, you know, in my head, I'm going, okay, you're playing badminton, but there's a joke. Yeah. There's a joke. Right, there. right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a, you know, it's just, it's just, and this is all happening like in nanoseconds in my brain, you know, and, and I go, there's a joke. I, I don't want to be so gross and, and obvious, but, oh, what is, and, and I just, I said, okay, I, you know, I can't. So I just walked down to the audience. And as I'm walking down the audience, I just kind of said, you know, God, you're running around the Greek Isle of Lesbos. Not a shuttlecock to be found. And I couldn't, I could not <laughs> talk for like 10 seconds. I was laughing. The audience was laughing. Brilliant. I, this joke <laughs> happened out of out of the blue. And I, uh, you know, and then after that night, I go, oh my God, I can set up jokes for reoccurring or callbacks and like that. And I did that for a while. Wow. You know, and then it was like too easy. It was like shooting fish in a barrel i i really wanted to go back and find it in the moment or not find it in the moment it was was much more you know appealing to me. sure yeah sure. so then was so, that the last time you've thought you've done theater uh no i've done i i did quite a few i took 20 years off when uh home improvement happened uh we were pregnant tootie and i uh were pregnant with our son cooper and he was born in the first season and for the next 20 years, I didn't really want to do theater because I was gone every night. You'd be right. gone every night, eight, you know, eight shows a week. So because of home improvement, I didn't have to do those kind of uh, jobs. I could take, you know, shorter jobs and, and make more money. But uh, my son's in college and and I, I get a, a call after in my head. I, you know, I kind of said, you know, I could do theater again. It's been 20 years, but I could do theater again. And then I get this phone call about going to Kansas City to do um, Spelling Bee, uh, which was a musical on Broadway, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Yes. And, and I said, okay, uh, when is it? He says, well, it's in, it's in March. And I go, and this is October. And I go, March, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing in March. And he goes, well, no, not this coming March, like a year from this coming March. And I go, really? <laughs> and I wow. go, oh, okay, all right. So I had a sure. year and a half to, <laughs> to worry about doing theater again. You know, can I do it? Right. Can I remember lines past, uh, you know, cause in TV you get used to, if you screw up, you just do it again, right. you know? And, and uh, so after 20 years, I went back on stage and it was glorious. It was so much fun. After the first few days of rehearsal, I call my wife and I go, you know what? I remember, I remember how this is. I'm going to be fine. I was a nervous wreck before that, but I was fine. And so I did that, which, then another theater saw that and they called me to do um, actually game show up in up in um, Calgary. Yeah. And then I got a, a call to do a show in Florida and then back to Kansas City. So I've done, I don't know, seven or eight plays uh, in the last few years. Wow. What yeah. what medium do you prefer more uh, uh, being on stage or being behind the camera? I, I know they're two different. They're two different animals. They really yeah. are. You know, theater is is exciting because it's in the moment and you have to you have to do it you can't yeah. just you know bail right you know and if you forget your lines you gotta <laughs> deal you gotta deal with that in real time you, you yeah you know which is, is, is it seems a lot more stressful um yeah but um <laughs> film and tv are are 
you know, they pay so much more. Right. And there, there is the benefit of, of doing some really, you know, wonderful work, uh, you know, captured on film or, or TV for, for years to come. Sure. It, it did occur to me, you, you know, because I would do these shows and they were like three month runs. And in the fifth, sixth week, I was finding stuff that never happened in, re in the rehearsal or the first or second week of, of the show. I was finding new things that were really deep and, and, and meaningful. And, and, and I thought, yeah, you know, brought the level of, of the, uh, the play up. And, I, and I'm going back to thinking, you know, we did Home Improvement in five days. And, you know, the stuff I could have found in three or four weeks, you know, which you just you don't get that chance. You sure. don't get you, you have to go with your first or second uh instinct and if it's not right the writers will rewrite they'll rewrite it so that you know, you know it works uh, right away so there there is that right uh, you know and there are, are people that sometimes their first instincts are the best they're not gonna yeah. find anything or they never they never actually realize that there are other things because they didn't do theater for three months right absolutely so will we see a home improvement reboot or reunion if you can if you can talk about that I don't think we will. I, no, you know, I would riot, love to see that. The producers in Disney are still kind of in a in a, a quagmire of of, of um, a disagreement that happened, you know, so many years ago. It's like thirty years ago that this this happened. But when the show started, uh, Wind Dancer, who is Matt, David, and Carmen, and and uh, Buena Vista Television, uh, which was the Disney TV arm. Uh, put the show together and they sold it to ABC. And then after a year, Disney bought ABC. So now they want to sell the show to themselves for less. And Wind Dancer is going, no, we can make more money. I, well, you're not going to, uh, you know, sell this show for less because we still own half of it. Sure. Uh, and and so they ne they never came eye to eye on that. All the red uh, tape. Still, that's why it's not even on Disney Plus. I right. you know, which still surprises me because they're really missing out on having a great show on Disney Plus. Do you have any idea where it is? Is it on any? Uh, uh, Laugh TV is the last I heard. Laugh TV. Okay, I don't. I don't think I have that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Richard, I really want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. You did not have yeah. to do this, and uh, this was great. I, this made my day, made my month. Once again, really, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. Everyone, check out Assembly Required on History, and hopefully, it, well, it might change names. It might change names. Uh -huh. And, and I and I don't know what it is, but it's still Tim and me. Okay, that's all. That's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need to know. All right, Richard, thank you so much. All right, you all take right, care. You. you take care. Thank you. It's the Hell Fucking Yeah podcast.